Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Established the Collection. I'm Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? Cody, I am good. I am good. It's a very, very hot day here on the East Coast. We're reaching like 100 degrees with humidity. So uh, it's it's tough to get outside, but I'm doing all right. Bummed out about all these NBA injuries that's going on in the NBA playoffs right now. But besides that, I'm doing okay. It is brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. It seems like it seems like every game there's another one. Trey was out at the beginning of this game, and Giannis, freak injury, call it what you want, but uh, Giannis gets hurt uh, about halfway through this game. It's rough, man. It's rough. Are we gonna Are we gonna be able to field teams come conference come come, come the finals? Or are we gonna be just just running empty bodies out there? It's a bloodbath. Uh, and for context, we're recording this late Tuesday night, so it was Game Four of Bucks Hawks, which in which the Hawks tied up the series two two without Trey Young. And as Cody mentioned, Giannis went down. Unfortunately, hopefully, it's uh, we'll get get lucky on this one, and it's not so bad. But I have always subscribed to the theory that the hottest and the healthiest teams win titles. And this year just might be the healthiest, <laughs> you know, it's not even necessarily about the hottest and the best. It's just who's, who's going to survive, you know? Uh, and it's just, it's crazy. I'm fully expecting the Suns to make it to the finals. And I'm fully expecting Devin Booker to go down in game two. Cause he rolled yeah. his ankle on some streaking fan that totally. happened to make its way out of the court. So totally. Yeah, like you said, it's a bloodbath, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of go we're gonna go around the horn today on all things sports related. We're gonna touch a little bit on the MLB market, uh, circle back a little bit on NBA, though we'll be a little bit more off season focused, and then hit a little NFL before we get out of here today. Just talking some of the uh, risers as we get into training camp season and preseason, the best time of the year. So we're gonna talk about it all today. So if if you're if you're into any of these sports, hang around. We've got a lot for you. But before we get in. Please pause now, go subscribe, rate, review the podcast. If you haven't done so, at the beginning of episode 12, we'll be giving away a 1999 Upper Deck Retro Basketball Pack. Uh, This was part of an offering that Rally had, I think it was two Fridays ago now, for a uh, Michael Jordan PSA 9 Auto out of 23. So pretty cool pack. Uh, A lot of chasers in there. Obviously, you're you're hunting for those those auto, auto cards. So... We'll give this away at the front of next episode. So go uh, subscribe, rate, review. We'll draw a name from that list, and we'll we'll package it up and send it out next week. Yep, um, I know you had opened up one of those packs, right? Nothing, nothing great oh, for it you. Was, it was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. So, so the funny thing about these packs, you you might not be able to tell, but you can see the front the front card on on these oh, packs. Sure, sure. Um, so I saw, I saw Sh- it was Sharif Abdul Rahim. I'm like, mm. I, you know, I, I like Sharif as long I was as a you fan. know. Yeah, so so I will I will open this pack, and at worst I've got a Sharif card. So I opened that pack, and it was just total dust. So hopefully, better luck for you guys. Again, you're chasing you're chasing those auto cards. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully you guys just just let us know if you get something sick. Get at least we sick. know of the two pack sample size that Cody received. Um, he opened the bad one, hopefully already. So yeah, right. you know, whoever, our listeners should get the better one. But yeah, no, we appreciate you listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, I know we we kind of gave that plug at the end of last week, and a bunch more of you left reviews. We really appreciate that. If we can keep those coming, it, it helps us out a lot. So yeah, definitely. All right, let's kick it off today. Um, we, we talked NBA last week, a lot of NBA talk on this podcast. That's what's been relevant. But I think we're approaching uh, a point of of the sports season where MLB is going to be taking, uh, taking the spotlight over a little bit. We've got the All-Star break. It's about two weeks away. The NBA Finals will be wrapping up at the latest by July 22nd. NFL regular season is still six to eight weeks out. So this is the time now for the baseball hobby 
to really get the spotlight. So with that said, Gary, what should we expect overall macro view? What's the market going to do over the next couple of weeks and months as baseball kind of comes into the spotlight for us? Yeah, I expect the baseball players that are staying relevant, that are in the hunt, that are all-stars, that are in the MVP race, and we're going to get into specifics there. But I expect those big names that are performing well to really, you know, come out in the spotlight in the car market as well because baseball is about to take center stage. You know, obviously we have the Olympics coming up and that'll be a little two-week um, sideshow going alongside the end, uh, right after the end of the NBA season. But right after that wraps up, it's baseball show, um, especially in America here. You know, obviously we'll have NFL training camp heating up, but, you know, we're going to have the All-Star game coming around, home run derbies. You know, we always get some eyes there. You have some fun news stories in baseball. You have uh, records possibly being broken, some best pitching performance seasons of all time. Um, you have the cheating scandal stuff with the with the <laughs> and the sticky stuff, which you know draws eyes. And listen, it's it's the dog days of summer coming up, and that's baseball season. So I do expect the the market to reflect that, and we're already seeing it for these MVP candidates. Yeah, and I think there's no better place to start than the, the AL MVP race with uh, seemingly the two clear favorites as, as we head into the All Star break. We got Shohei Otani, Vlad Jr., two guys that are absolutely crushing, and on a night so fitting. That Shohei hits two home runs, uh, leads the majors in home runs, just having an absolutely insane season. You talked about it a few weeks ago that this guy is, he's the Babe Ruth of 2021. This guy is incredible on, on uh, from a pitching perspective and from a hitting perspective. Do you have any lean on who wins the AL MVP and what's going on with these guys' markets? It's just a crazy race. This is one of the better AL MVP races I can remember. It really is. Um, you know, we have two guys who were phenoms in the hobby for, and, in, and obviously in on the field for, for now three or four years. These are two of the biggest names and they're both budding at the same time. And that's really, really exciting. Vlad, Guerrero Jr., obviously the son of Hall of Famer Vlad Guerrero Sr., who was one of my absolute favorite players growing up. Uh, and he is just, you know, an absolute stud. And then Otani, we, we've spoken about him a lot on this podcast, but hits home runs to number 26 and 27 tonight, pre-All-Star break. Meanwhile, he's, he's a what, top 10, 15 AL pitcher as well. My lean is going to go Otani as far as the MVP is concerned. I think voters would would absolutely love to see that if he stays healthy and mm -hmm. continues performing on both sides. It's so weird to say both sides of the ball in baseball. <laughs> For me, that's a basketball term. Right. Uh, <laughs> but on both sides of the ball, I suppose. Uh, if he continues to do that, I, I think that, you know, it's it's hard to see him not that not be, uh, resulting in an MVP trophy for for Otani. Uh, that's that's my lead. Do you have a lean there? Yeah, looking at the looking at the odds before we recorded tonight, and, and this was before the two home run performance from Otani. So on DraftKings Sportsbook, Vlad was just a slight favorite, minus one hundred six. But like you said, it's it's basically dead even for these guys. Um, I had mentioned a few weeks ago that I was purchasing a little bit of Vlad. I've already moved off that position. I I secured a little bit of profit, flipped those fairly quickly as he continued to have a hot uh, you know hot start to the season. Where are we at with these guys? Are they have they have they maxed out what they're going to do this year on kind of a base level? Their their Bowman Chromes, their Tops Chromes. Do you expect those to continue to rise, or is one of these guys separates from the other in terms of the MVP race? Do you expect them to see a boost in their market, or should we be selling these guys right now? So the injury risk is the only thing for me as far as saying sell. So like I have zero issue with what you did, especially with the crazy mm -hmm. level that Vlad was was at. The thing is, he's still he's got a 4.2 WAR on the season. That's amazing. He's batting 342 <laughs> with 26 <laughs> home runs. Uh, he's 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 almost reaching the 100 hit mark before 
the all-star break here, which in modern days is, is great. Um, he's got a 1.1 OPS. I mean, these are crazy numbers. Yet, Otani has a 5.6 war with a 276 uh, batting average and now 27 home runs, I think. Um, and that's not even mentioning his, his pitching stats, right? So uh, I believe he's got a – oh, man, I got the, the numbers here somewhere. Uh, whatever he's uh, two five eight eight ERA this year, um, which is great in eleven starts. So I mean, you do you talk about those two things together? That's why I give the slight lead to Otani. But but Vlad's having those numbers, the hitting numbers that we haven't really seen in a long time. So for me, if they both stay healthy, I do expect to see these cards continue to rise. You know, especially as we just said, I think when all eyes start turning to baseball here, and this race actually gets some national media attention because it's going to. You know, we got the Canada. Kid, you know, kid playing in Canada, and the kid from Japan who plays for both. It's just there's there's international appeal here yeah. for an American sport for both guys. So I just think that both, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see both these cards, both the lower end and the higher end, both the flagship stuff and the autograph mm-hmm. stuff, continue to rise. Uh, just for reference, Vlad right now his tops Chrome PSA ten is sitting around three hundred twenty five dollars. You can grab that at. Uh, it's still that's up huge from the beginning of the season. I think we were saying those were like fifty bucks before the year, uh, if yeah. not less. Um, Otani's up like 80% over the last three months for the same card. He's getting closer to 300. We were seeing those for under $50 before the season started. So um, even his Bowman just paper rookie card uh, is at around $650. So both these guys are up huge. I'm probably not buying right now, but if I have, I'm not afraid to hold. You know, injuries, again, the only thing that, that are holding me back there. Yeah, definitely. To your point, the 2019 Topps Chrome PSA 10 that's got a pop count of like 4,600, 4,700 for Vlad is up 367% since December of 2020. So talk about buying these guys in the offseason and just letting it ride. Uh, obviously, they've had to have performed as well, but same thing for Otani. 2018 Topps Chrome PSA 10, pop count of about 2,700, up almost 1,000% yeah. since January. So just insane markets for these guys. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm with you. I was able to secure a little bit of profits. And that's a good thing about buying a few of these guys and, you, and you've showed this on the on the show too um just having multiple positions on some of these players where you're able to offload a little bit and take some profits off the table and then continue to hold other other uh cards as as they continue to perform well so i think that's something you can do as well if you if you stack up a few of these top scrums and then offload your position as they continue to perform you still have that that ticket riding if they continue to perform well and that's what's so fun about this this hobby and this market is you know you're you're able to speculate on these guys and and maybe buy in bulk and on off season buy lows. Both of these guys were fantastic examples mm-hmm. of off season buy lows who are both still very young, um, who we know have the pedigree. And you know, and we'll I'll talk about some other guys that I think maybe be our sell high players that were also examples of great off season buy lows in a little bit. But you know, especially in baseball where there's just such it's such a grind and it's such a deep dive and you know there are guys that are probably superstars at the age 23, 24, but are getting overshadowed by other superstars around the same age. Uh, You know, there's really interesting places to look in this sport and you just kind of have to be involved. And I'd recommend, you know, as NBA winds down and maybe, you know, after the Olympics, you know, start pay attention a little bit more to baseball. It's, it's fun. It really is. There's a lot of young superstars in the league right now. Uh, I'm certainly starting to get more into it. I wish my Yankees were better, Uh, but I just got to watch Otani up close and personal with the Yankees angels series that just happened. So, you know, he's, he's so exciting to watch. He really is. It is. It's amazing. It's a good problem for baseball to have right now with as many young stars that they have and, and shifting from two guys that are kind of solidifying their standing in the league to a guy that just debuted recently, Wander Franco, we already knew that his market and the expectations surrounding his pro career were sky high. 
We had that 2019 Bowman Red Refractor that was graded a PSA 10 that we talked about a few weeks ago that sold at Golden for nearly 200 grand before he'd even made a debut. Um, he made his debut. Not only did he make his pro debut, but he launched a home run, a double, three RBI. His prices skyrocketed at the low end immediately and then quickly came back down to earth. Why don't you talk a little bit about it, the volatility uh, with some of these pro, pro with some of these prospects, especially the volatility at the lower end. Yeah, and we, and if you recall in that same conversation when we talked about the red auction, uh, Franco from a few few weeks ago, we said this is what's going to happen. You know, pay yeah. attention to when he gets called up because that first three or four day period, especially if he has a game in there where you know he he's on he garners national attention, he's going to bump, and that's exactly what happened, right? So we saw this card, which is just his prospect Chrome first Bowman. PSA 10, just Chrome, no refractor, nothing to it. Uh, we saw that card go up to what the beginning of last week, high 330s, high 340s, something like that. So hit up around there. And then it now he's been on the team for about a week. Nothing special, just been an everyday player, hasn't done much since that opening game. And now it's come back to life. We're looking at around 220 to 240 for that same card so that's what you're going to see and that's why when you're invested in these kind of markets you have to be paying attention to what's going yes. on on the field what's going on in the news stories for these players why is, is there any reason that they're going to be garnering national attention coming up is there any reason why their names in the news for for any negative reasons um you know are they starting to heat up at the plate whatever it is you got to be paying attention to these things because you're good your windows are short they're always going to be short and obviously yeah. the wander franco you know, somebody, a, a top, top, top tier prospect getting called up, you know, that window's coming and you know, it's going to be short, but it's not always that clear. So you really, you know, if you're invested in this stuff, you do have to be paying attention. Yeah. I, I got absolutely burned. Well, I wouldn't say even burned yet, but, but with the wander stuff, I, I, we've talked about price shopping on this show. We've talked about all the different platforms that you have available to you to buy car, buy and sell cards. eBay is obviously the default and probably the standard in the industry, but uh, looking at Alt, which is a which is a platform that I've mentioned in the past, I was able to find a couple Wander paper prospect cards still going around ninety after his pro pro debut, and eBay auctions were starting to close around one seventy five, one eighty, one ninety, two hundred, and I thought, well, this is a no brainer. I'll purchase a few of these at ninety, have them shipped home, and I can list them on eBay. And Gary, this is something that you and I have talked about. I, I listed those um, immediately. For about 199 after his pro debut on eBay for buy it now or best offer and didn't get any hits. So for somebody like me who's a little bit of a newbie when it comes to the buying and selling on eBay and the in the physical card space, do you have any recommendations for something I can do to to help boost my standing, help get more views, more bids, more offers on cards like that as I'm trying to flip? Yeah, here's something I've really learned in the eBay game. Everyone loves buy it now. They think it's safe. They they can control the price. And and I do agree with really, really high-end stuff, five-figure plus. You don't want to take the risk on an auction. But I do think if you're talking $1,000 or less, something like that, I think hype deserves an auction, a flash auction, five-day, seven-day, no longer than that usually. But I'm telling you that is what wins as, at maximum price when, when it's a hype storyline or a hype player. Uh, we talked about somebody like Wander Franco. The perfect situation to do this at is you hear he gets called up, he hits that home run, you do a flash day. The what the the shortest auction you could do without being charged extra on eBay is five days. Mm -hmm. Go for the five day auction in that case. You know, first of all, people like auctions because they feel like they have a shot at the card right away. So if you start something at ninety nine cents, you start something at five dollars, whatever ninety nine cents. I think is just the way to go. Uh, you will get watchers 
you will get bids. You're going to get it right from the start. People are going to set a number. Usually people are always yeah. watching newly listed cards. Sometimes people search only by auction. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing that is important about auctions when it's a hot name player is that it's going to come up on ending soon, right? So mm -hmm. when you have two days left, when you have a day left, if you're searching Wander Franco first Bowman PSA 10 and you're searching by ending soonest, you're gonna your card's gonna appear, and as it winds down on that last day, you're gonna get a ton of hype, especially if you're still within that concentrated time frame of this player's hype being so high. So we talked about those, you know, just to shift real quick. We talked last week about Terrence Mann in basketball, and we'll get to mm -hmm. basketball a little bit more. But just to use this as an example, I said, okay, I have two Terrence Mann rookie patch autograph cards that I wanted to get up after he had his breakout playoff game, and I said, I, this is a great uh, time to just do a little experiment. We never really expanded past that much. But I did one at an auction starting at 99 cents, and I listed it the night of the game, seven-day auction. When it's a playoff series like that, you don't have to worry about it being super flash auction five-day. You know, if you're just trying to really encapsulate the storyline, you could go for the full time that you know he's going to still be around playing. It's a, you're, you're safer in that sense. So I did seven days. I did that, and then I did one that I did a buy it now of $1,000. And that one was a little bit – serial number two, a little bit less. The one that just ended a couple of days ago went for seven hundred forty-five dollars for the Terrence Mann card. <laughs> this one that was out of fifty, right? For my the the one that I put up by now for a thousand, which with I, which I left open for open offers, so I can get offers yeah. on anything. I'm only getting offers in like the five six hundred dollar range. I've gotten, wow. you know, and so this is a better card in the same condition, uh, and I'm getting, you know, so it's a perfect example of letting of of when when something's hyped up, when a player's hyped up, I I would recommend auctions. I really would, and you're not going to hear that a lot from people. People love buy it now. I think that makes a ton of sense just from getting the the buyer engagement initially. Like you said, listing it at 99 cents. If I wasn't interested at a card at, at I don't know, let's just say $200, but I thought maybe I had a chance of getting it at 150 or 125 and I saw that initial bid was listed at 99 cents, I might bid $5 and see what this thing runs up to. Well, at that point, I'm engaged. I'm getting eBay notifications right from you've been outbid or this is closing soon. So I think from that perspective, you get you get more engaged buyers, right? And then yeah. and then if maybe you get somebody that's willing to bid a little bit outside their comfort zone. So if somebody was willing to bid 150, they see this thing's getting ready to close at 160. Maybe they're willing to jump their range from 150 to 165. So I, that makes a ton of sense from from my perspective, and something that I probably need to do a little bit more than trying to rely on on the perceived comfort of of the buy it now. And I get that buy now is comfortable. And I really do think this only relates to hype or players that are really relevant in the moment, you know, players that are in a current playoff series, something like that. I would say that when you, on the flip side, when a, you, you should always be looking out for auctions when you're in the buying mode, because if somebody does put up, let's say, a red out of five of the Ronda Frick or something like that in an auction, that's a mistake. That's just on the surface. That's a mistake. Now, maybe they'll get lucky and they still reach market value or a little bit higher. But you're also that's where you're going to be able to snag some deals if it's ending yeah. at a weird time. You know, if maybe a card that had been going for fourteen thousand dollars, the last six sales. This one just went for 10 just because there wasn't enough players, buyers engaged. That's why when you're, you're swimming in those high waters, uh, I saw this happen to an F1 card recently that I think was a $12,000 card for this rookie George Russell that I like. And it went for like two grand. Wow. Um, I missed it just because I didn't, I wasn't around during the auction, but that's the perfect example, right? If somebody like me was yeah. around, maybe I would have right. been a little higher, right? So be careful with this stuff. But when somebody's really high hyped and in the news and playing at the moment on a national stage, I think auctions are a really, really great way to go. And, you know, buy it now is is the comfortable thing to do for higher-end cards. That makes a ton of sense. All right, before we switch to to the NL and, and talk about a pitch in the NL that we both like, 
Can we get an update on your AL only season long fantasy team? (laughs) The people are begging for an update on your AL fantasy team. What's happening to that's baseball, Susan. (laughs) That's the name of my AL only baseball team because, uh, you know, that's a Yankee, uh, John, John, uh, Sterling, Susan Waldman reference, but, uh, my team is in the middle of the pack right now. It's a, it's a 10 team league. The top five get paid out big money. I'm going to, I'm sitting about sixth place right now. Uh, it's a rotisserie old school. So they're standing shift quite a bit. But I, uh, I, I saved all my minor league money, budget, budget money up, and I was able to secure Wander Franco when he got called up. Hey. Very proud of that. I uh, spent all $100 of my minor league budget on Wander Franco. So he is a member of That's Baseball, Susan. So hopefully he could take us over the top. I'm, I'm rooting for Wander for both uh, his hobby value and for my, my uh, fantasy baseball team. Uh, we're, all, we're all cheering for you. Yeah, of course. All right. NL MVP favorite. We don't see this all that often. Last pitcher to win the MVP award was Clayton Kershaw in 2014. Before that, Justin Verlander in 2011. Dennis Eckersley all the way back to 92 now. Uh, It's an extremely rare feat, right? But we talked about this a couple weeks ago uh, on our first baseball episode that generally in the hobby, hitters get the love and pitchers kind of take a backseat. Are we seeing Jacob deGrom of the Mets transcend the position? Is he taking over some hobby value? Do you see this continuing long-term and what, what do you expect from the NL MVP race? Yeah. So I think I want to like tread the middle here because he is transcending what a pitcher normally does. He definitely is. However, for somebody that is an NL MVP candidate, the best pitcher easily of the last five years, (laughs) maybe having the best pitching season I've ever seen, probably well on his way to a third trade. Cy Young is it third or fourth. I think third. Uh, And you know, is, and is in a New York market. His tops update PSA 10 rookie, which is kind of his flagship paper rookie. You it it's they're not hitting the 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 you know completed sales that often, but you're seeing it go between five five hundred eight hundred dollars over the last couple of weeks. Now that's a very 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 nice price for a pitcher. It really is. Yeah. But we're also talking an MVP favorite right now, right? We're also talking a Cy Young favorite. We're talking a New York pitcher and one of the best pitchers of all time. So is he transcendent? You know, is he reaching? platforms that pitchers haven't reached yes but is he still getting to levels that he would if he were a hitter no he's not and uh that's that's okay you know it's good to see that a pitcher is in a healthy range for what his rookie card is for the best pitcher in baseball i'm happy to see that it's a it's a unique situation i was just looking even his gold uh which is numbered out of 53 has managed to go for only 1580, which seems like pretty short printed for a guy like uh, of the standing of Jacob deGrom. So I think you bring up a good point. What would you be doing if you're holding Jacob deGrom right now? Would you be selling to try and take advantage of where he's standing in the NL MVP race? Uh, Should you continue to hold? Is there a reason to buy right now? I'm selling deGrom if I have him for sure. You know, again, we've spoken at length about pitchers, long-term markets. It's tough. I understand he's a different, he's a different, you know, he's a horse of a different color. Uh, I, I totally get all of that. But at the same time, you never know when a pitcher is going to get hurt. You don't know how this sticky stuff is going to impact pitchers long term. It's just true. You really yeah. don't. Uh, and if I have DeGrom stuff, I'm probably selling right now. Now, listen, I think he's like the perfect example of someone that there's probably a ton of New York fans. I have a, I have so many Mets fans, friends in my life. You know, this is a great guy to PC. Enjoy, hold, have fun with totally get that but if you're trying to make some money on a pitcher this is like probably the most opportune time you're going to have if you have Degrom stuff uh, i just put this card up on ebay it's a one of one jacob Degrom. it's out of top series one from 2017 it's a patch auto so you see the majestic game worn patch in there yeah. um and you know you would think for a one of one per you know three times cy young award winner mvp favorite that card probably should be like three four grand uh, i put that up for two thousand dollars with buy it now offers so i'm hoping to get around i don't know 
thousand to fifteen hundred dollars for that card. So obviously, listen for a pitcher card one on one. I'll take that all day, but it's still you know again this market is still capped to an extent. So uh, I'm, I'm selling though. I'm definitely selling. Yeah, just wildly different markets for these hitters versus pitchers, but makes a ton of sense. I, I think it makes sense to take advantage of what he's done this season uh, and where his standing is right now in the NL. What about on the opposite side of the coin? Any buy low guys that you're looking at right now, guys that have underperformed, coming off injury, anybody that makes sense as we're kind of at the at the halfway point of the season here? Yeah, and we should also just say DeGrom has a .69 ERA. That's nice. Very um, nice. Very <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, a lot of good buy lows, I think, right now. Or just general buys as you know we were talking a little bit about the reasons being uh there are a lot of these young superstars in the league that are kind of overshadowed by better young superstars or just better performing young superstars right now the one that comes to mind for me is juan soto we spoke about him he was really in that kind of big three heading into the season with fernando tatis and ronald acuna these three are early 20s he's 22 soto uh, guys that ha have you know I don't know if you put their combined MVPs by end of the career of those three, you'd probably put it at like 10 or something like that, you know, yeah. crazy high. So he is definitely kind of the, the last uh, horse in the clubhouse. That's not a normal term. He's, he, he's, he's definitely <laughs> the last guy in that race right now, but uh, he is somebody that is just having a pedestrian season. He's batting 273 with eight home runs right now. Uh, and we somebody that we know has has much more potential than that because he's done it now in his third or fourth season. He came up when he was like 18, 19 years old. So his top scrum update as a result is down 51% over the last three months. It's sitting around $235, which is down from high of over 500 going into this season. To me, you're getting a 50% discount on one of the still one of the top six or seven young best players in baseball. That's absolutely a buy. The same thing is happening with his first Bowman Chrome autograph, just the just the base. But if you get the BGS 9.5 with the 10. And auto you can get that for around 2.5k for after reaching highs of almost six thousand dollars so wow. over 60 percent almost you know uh decrease there those are great buys to me if you have the budget for something like that i always will prefer the bowman first bowman autograph to the tops flagship rookie you know the tops is a great way to monitor the market of the player but the bowman's always going to have the more upside those are going to be the cards you see set records in auctions obviously the colored variations of those but those are a great buy on card autograph first overall prospect card so i i love soto as a buy right now that makes a ton of sense i mentioned to you off air that i was buying lewis robert today uh we got an injury update from the white Sox. lewis robert's been out for quite a while and his market's seen the effects of that uh over the last three months his Bowman, uh, first Bowman Chrome PSA 10 is down about 47% over the last three months. So we got an update today. Don't know exactly when he's going to be back, but it sounds like he's progressing through the injury, the hip flexor injury that caused him the first part of the season. The White Sox are still huge favorites to win the AL Central. Uh, expect a playoff run from them. And if Lewis, if Lewis Roberts a part of that, uh, expect his market to rise in the short term. And obviously a guy that's got a ton of hobby value going long term too. So even if we don't see a huge, uh, a huge bump this during the playoffs it's not something i would be worried about something i'd be holding in the next season too uh, another guy that kind of fits that mold a little bit older but alex bregman um you know knock on the astros for the trash can banging all you want but alex bregman's a legit player again we got an injury update from him on tuesday don't know exactly when he's going to be back uh, but his bowman chrome's down about 40 percent over the last 30 days astros big faves twin the al al west so, you know, he's as cheap as his tops Chrome stuff was as cheap as 60 to $65 across platforms tonight. So I was throwing out offers, trying to stack up a few of those. So I don't yeah. know any takes on either of those guys. 
I'm so mixed on Bregman because I freaking hate the Astros as a Yankee fan. And I really dislike that guy, particularly he's just smug, um, you know, with the whole cheating stuff. Yeah. But, but uh, a little bit about me, I am a Jewish man, Cody mean, and there are not that many of members of the tribe in, in baseball. So as much as I really, really like just hate Bregman as a, as a player, he's got a soft spot in my heart as, as a fellow member of the tribe. So he's got that. And um, he's, he's a great, great player. He really is yeah. when, he's, when he's healthy and he's on, he's, you know, he's been an MVP guy in the past, MVP candidate throughout most of his career. Uh, I have one of those aforementioned Bowman Chrome, just uh, base, yep first auto 9.510s right here so this is a hold for me i'm with you uh, i think the hatred stuff eventually a couple years down the line sure you know a lot of there's there's a lot of big market fan bases that do not like those players you see it hitting altuve's market as well i don't have those numbers in front of me but i know his tops 2011 tops update stuff has been down over the last couple of years uh you see it hitting these guys markets i i would tend to think in the long term it blows over if their career trajectories continue to go on that path so i'm with you on bregman robert i'm with you as well a couple things about robert if i'm he's he was this time last year was the most hyped rookie in a long time, probably yeah. since Vlad, Vlad Jr., honestly. So, you know, one, one of the two most hyped rookies in the AL over the last three or four years in Robert, he's been hurt out. His market hit crazy highs when his first tops rookies came out, which was series two, I think, of last year. I have a ton of those paper rookie cards at PSA right now. I would imagine I'm not the only one. So yeah. I would think, you know, a couple. here's my advice with Robert. If you're buying, which I do think it's a great time to buy, Buy what Cody mentioned in the first Bowman stuff because that stuff again is timeless. It's the first prospect cards. That's the that's the safer bet than the paper or chrome rookies. Or buy the a little bit off the path rookie cards, maybe shorter printed refractor type stuff, things that might not hit the crazy pops when they get back from PSA. I have some of these also at PSA right now. Here's one. This is a Bowman Sapphire rookie card. Mm-hmm. So uh, these were also hitting like five, six hundred dollars, I believe. Very last cool card year. too. Yeah. This is a BGS nine point five, but I also have a bunch at PSA that I would expect to get a ten. Um, so this is kind of a little bit more. You can have lower pop on this. It's a refractor, and the Bowman rookie with the rookie shield always does very well as well. So just just to touch on that quickly. So Bowman, when they come out, they'll like two or three years before they hit the bigs, something you know that's just a general average. That's going to be their first Bowman car. That's going to always say first Bowman on it. That's going to be their you know their their best long-term prospect card that that sells the highest overall and then between that time when he hits the bigs and is still between that first bowman card they will come out with other bowman cards of that player it just won't be their first bowman card so it's still considered a prospect card those usually are always gonna they'll they have a market but because it's kind of a middling card between their first bowman and an actual rookie card they're kind of just like in this no man's land of people that want to collect their prospect cards these people will, will assign value to it but they're not going to have super super high peaks because they're in this two or three year period before, while they're still in the minors but they're not in the majors and then when they're rookies bowman will still make a rookie card of them with a rookie card shield in their first year so those tend will tend to do you know uh, a little bit better sometimes than those middling years where they weren't quite rookies but they weren't quite first prospects yet so sure. just an interesting thing with with bowman to keep in mind all right anybody else that you're looking to buy as we're about halfway through the season uh or, or should we be waiting till the off season just just guys that maybe you're interested in long term despite you know despite what's going on the first yeah. part of this year yeah, a couple guys, a couple names I have just as general buys slash interest in long term, as you said. Um, these are not guys that I'm buying low because they're having actually incredible seasons. But this mm-hmm. is this speaks to probably a couple things. One, the market being not so hot overall, as we mentioned over the last couple of weeks. And two, um, just again, the general grind of MLB and the the top, the cream of the crop rising. So the, you know, your your Acuna's and your Tatises and your Otani's and your Vlad's, those are you guys, those are your risers right now, and those are you guys are gonna see at the top. However, there are guys like Bo Bichette 
as a guy that I love, also a member of That's Baseball, Susan Mayale, only famous baseball team. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Bo Bichette. Uh, 23-year-old shortstop on the, the, the Blue Jays, one of the absolute top 10, 15 young players in baseball as well. Yeah. And he's been living up to all his expectations. Here. He's doing great. Uh, he's, he's hitting... 281 with 14 home runs. He's got about a three war uh, and he's, he steals bases as well. He's kind of really a five tool player. Also a son of a former major leaguer in Dante Bichette. Uh, but he is, and he's always living up to expectations, but he's still overshadowed by those Acuna and Tatis types. So, you know, his market has kind of just stayed stagnant because of that. And so you can get his first Bowman Auto, the same car, the, the Chrome base for around $500 for a guy that is probably a future perennial all-star. I think that's a very nice price. You can get it. You can get um, his just top series, one, I believe, from 2020 rookie uh, for just $50 is PSA 10, the, pa- the paper. So, you know, that's really nice. Um, you can get the nines for like in the $20 range. So if you really want to go, if you're, you know, uh, yeah. bargain hunting for someone that you think that can break out. Like, think about that. If you bought up a ton of Vlad's and Otani nine papers last year for 15 bucks, you know, those are all sitting in the, you're, you're probably four X your money there. So, um, or three X. So, you know, th- those are really great buys. There's some other players that just don't get love in the hobby like they should, but, you know, you never know what might happen to them as their career goes on. Matt Olson is a guy that is a first baseman on the Oakland A's. He's hitting his absolute prime right now. He's 27 years old. He's batting 296 with 20 home runs before the All-Star break right now. Just an absolute masher of a lefty bat at first base. Power hitters, we mentioned this when we spoke about baseball in the past as well. Power hitters absolutely rule the day in the card, baseball card market, so he's, he is that. Now he's stuck in a crappy market in Oakland, um, but he's having this amazing breakout here, and you can get his first Bowman Chrome 9510 for under 150 bucks if you're hitting the right auction. So to me, really, really good buy there. You never know where he might end up. The A's tend to let guys go towards the middle back end of their prime, so if he ends up in a bigger market, I like some guys like that. I think it's crazy just speaking to the point of how deep the top end of the MLB prospect is right now yep. with guys like Bo Bichette and guys like Matt Olson that can't even sniff these higher end values. Yeah. Just think about think about that in the basketball market. If if we expected some of these guys that uh you know we that we know are perennial all-stars or or future all-stars to not even hit $50 for their tops, you know, for their rookie cards. Yeah. It just speaks to the point that like the, the Cunhas and Tatisas and Vlad's and Shohei's are really stealing the show right now. And, and the top end is still very deep. Yeah. Bo Bichette to me, this just, this, this um, comparison just came to me would be like Shea Gilgis Alexander having like a, just a mediocre market. Yeah. Like yeah, one of the yeah. 15th best player in the league or, you know, whatever, 20th best player in the league, 22nd best player in the league. Uh, which just doesn't get the love and you know it would be something like that that would never happen in basketball no. yet you know you're seeing this in baseball uh, so to me that's that's exactly what that's like to me and and i uh, that's why i'm i'm buying boba shed a little bit uh and you know i want to wait till the lows maybe an all-star break or whatever um if he has a down week you know again that's when you really got to be in this grind if he has a down week or a down week or two you might be able to catch a little dip again even further uh, just real quick, some sell highs in baseball. One guy that stuck out to me, my friend actually, uh, shout out to, to my buddy Anthony, a long-term friend of me. He kind of dabbles in the cardboard streets. He sent me a picture. Should I sell this Kyle Schwarber PSA 10 first Bowman autograph yesterday? And I was like, let me take a look for you. Um, he's just doing crazy things right now. He's setting home yeah. run records. He's he's hit 12 home runs in his last 10 games, which is, I believe, a record. Um, you you know, He is somebody that the Cubs kind of just gave up on. He had a ton of hype as a, as a prospect. We're talking six, seven years ago. Probably could have gotten a big haul as, in a trade and just kind of plateaued as like a 25-ish homer a year guy and never really um, 
hit that 40, 50 homer a year mark that some people thought he could. Now he has a change of scenery. He goes to Washington this year, and he's also a power hitting lefty bat, and he's just smashing the cover off the ball this year. So you you know you can get those cards before the season for around fifty dollars, and now those are getting closer to around two hundred bucks. To me, if you have that and you did some of that off season buying low, that's just a sell. Um, you're going from fifty to two hundred dollars. Uh, you know there is a big enough sample size there to say that maybe he is this 25, 30 home run hitter, which with not like major major upside, maybe he's just in a mix of a really nice hot streak so to me he's probably a little bit more of a sell but again just one more great example of offseason by lows there's going to be opportunities out there for for this sport absolutely yeah makes a ton of sense anything else on the mlb streets uh, just keep an eye on the name jason dominguez if you're in the cardboard hobby you know it at this point he is the just absolute 18 year old phenom hype guy who actually had never even stepped on a minor league Crazy. diamond until yesterday. He made his finally made his minor league debut for the Yankees center field switch hitting guy, his cards. And I got a ton. I'm very, I, I'm just praying that he, he makes it because I have some amazing first Bowman auto stuff. He came out of 2020 Bowman um, just still on hype alone, his colored, his Sapphire, those stuff that goes for crazy, crazy money in tens and 9.5s. I'm talking five figure stuff. So that's wow. now I should be selling, but because I'm a Yankee fan and I want to, <laughs> I want to maybe one day get that Mike Trout million dollar sale out of this kid. Yeah. I'm just holding because like I don't necessarily need to sell and I want to see where this takes me. So, but my gut says sell that, that stuff. If you have it for five figures, just take it, you know, and keep an eye on it now that he's on the field. But um, he's someone that is just, he's, I haven't seen hype quite like this. A future Yankee center field. Um, prospect who who just the hypes the hypes out of this world. Well, and one quick thing before we move on to to the next topic because we saw it with Wander, but maximizing these selling windows with these guys is so much more important nowadays than maybe even you can speak to this probably even a few years ago. Like if you thought you were going to catch the the Wander selling window when he made his debut, you were already probably too late. You should have had those auctions running well before that. You know what I mean? The you you need to have that basically set to go when when it's announced that he's going to make his debut not after he does not after he hits the home run you and need you, to have that thing ready to roll and here's the thing and like look so we're all busy and, and i completely understand that but if you have this stuff you have to be kind of prepared because you get that first news alert about 36 hours in advance of the actual call yeah so you do have about a 48 hour window there that you know that before he even hits that that so you, you got a, about a day uh, in advance that he's going to get the call up and then you have the actual call up that happens I don't know, the morning of the actual game. So you have a, you know, again, 36 to 48 hour window that you know that players getting getting that 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 call up. So, you know, you got to take advantage of that two day window to get those yeah, auctions it, going. Hey, we're all used to this stuff. It's no different than DFS. We all have yep. to be around our phones, our wives, our kids. They just have to understand that we're more busy with this stuff than we can have time for them. So yeah, hey. absolutely. You can't expect to to ship a, a milli if you're not sitting in front of your computer <laughs> Sunday morning, right? You can't do it. Uh, exactly. So. I think you have the you have the ultimate trump card there. I don't think your fiance can ever say anything. Hey, 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 I want a milli. So yeah. what are you going to do so, about it? So I will be on my computer all day. Sunday. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, so, so aside, you know, I, Cody and I are actually both in the midst of changing our, our home. So I, <sighs> my fiance and I are, are buying a place uh, currently. And so we've been doing a lot of furniture shopping. And it's just so funny because the only way I look at couches and chairs and stuff is, will I be comfortable here on Sunday afternoon? <laughs> And I don't think she looks at it the same way at all, but that's all I care about. So. Can I sit my ass on this couch for eight <laughs> yeah. hours and be comfortable right. with my laptop? That's exactly. the only thing that matters. If I drop oh, a man. wing on this surface, will it will it ruin the couch? Uh, <laughs> that's uh, perfect. Yeah. All right. As we transition here into the NBA market, I, 
if you have anything you want to mention on the playoffs, I don't know that we'd really need to rehash uh, the playoffs. I guess maybe a little bit's changed now with Giannis potentially out. We, we don't know how long at this point. Again, we're recording Tuesday night. But rather than rehashing the NBA playoffs, I wanted to get an idea of what your plans are this offseason. There's two trains of thought here. Guys that we like long-term that we can maybe find a buy-low window on or guys that we think might be involved in trade season or rumor season or free agency changing teams that we might be able to find a little bit of a buying window and a quick flip for for that type of thing so with the latter in mind as we're in the midst of nba rumor season is there anything that you're specifically tracking right now on the rumor front yeah so i want to keep an eye on guys that have a legitimate chance at moving in free agency like i'm Mm -hmm. not talking pay maybe or they're going to get an offer sheet matched i want to like take a real hardcore look at is somebody getting a trade or is someone going to sign with another team because if they do you have a window right now especially while this playoffs is going longer than normal where we would be be starting up for agency like tomorrow usually july 1st right uh so you know this is a weird time now where you have a little bit of a window before this offseason is really going to get going and once that once those trade mills and um rumor mills start churning those, those windows are going to slow down just ever so slightly every day, right? Once the guy's name's in the news a little bit more, you're going to see some of this stuff pick up just a tiny bit. So I want to look at guys that I think can really, really increase their situation next year. Doesn't even necessarily, it does have to be, you know, it would help if it's from a winning perspective, but especially if it's from a statistical, let's take a leap in my career perspective. So, right. So you and I both were talking a little bit about someone like Lonzo Ball. Now, he's someone that's a restricted free agent. Who knows what the Pelicans are going to do? There's been a lot of rumblings uh, that they were looking to trade him at the offseason, which put a lot in the put the thought to a lot of people's heads that hey, maybe this guy just isn't in their long term plan. Do they like him with Zion? Do they not? How does he fit if they keep Zion and Ingram? They have a lot of young guards now behind them on the roster that the new regime drafted. Kyra Lewis Jr. was a lottery pick last year. Nikhil Alexander Walker is a combo guard that we both really really like. So do we want to let get these guys get more minutes? All this stuff, if you just put the pieces together leads me to think, hey, there's a real chance this guy actually walks in restricted free agency, especially because there's a few teams out there with a lot of cap space that need lead guards that might offer him you know, something that the Pelicans might not be comfortable matching. So that's a guy that I, I'm looking at. First of all, he's got the name. He's He's got the oh, yeah. you know, UCLA hype, the ball, the ball family hype. His brother's doing crazy things. And you know he might go to a big market this offseason. Those are, these are all things that I add up to me like, hey, this could be a good buy. So I'm going to start looking now – I have been a little bit, but I'll start looking even more over the next two or three weeks what those prices are looking like. Can I buy some of that stuff in bulk at a low price right now? These, this is the way you, you really should be looking for, for, for guys like him. Yeah, and you nailed it. Lonzo's market is about as low as it's going to get. I can't imagine this thing getting any lower. His, his base PSA 10 Prism cards are going for under $70 right now, which seems absurd. Uh, and that's from the 2017 class, so the pop reports on that aren't too bad. Even his silver stuff is right around $400 right now. And the pop on his PSA 10 silvers is around 250 So, I mean, if you yeah. can pick up a few of those and all of a sudden you see him switch teams. And again, you need to dig into the validity of the actual, you know, what are the chances that he actually changes teams? You don't want to just be buying off of rumors, right? What are the actual chances that he changes teams? Can the Pelicans match an offer sheet? Will they? Are they willing to? Um, obviously, he's a restricted free agency, but some of the teams that he's been rumored to, should just from a market perspective have a big impact on what his card values do chicago new york which i mean 
what are you going to do if Lonzo ends up in New York? Are you? Would you be excited about that? I go back and forth on it. It really depends on how the rest of the options shake out. Obviously, I'm not going to get ahead of. I don't even want to talk about Damian Lillard in the Knicks, but I, I, I would be happy <laughs> within certain within reasons. I'd be very happy. Obviously, as Damian Lillard, but um, it depends. Like, I do I want to roll back Derek Rose and Matter quickly? No. Would I prefer Kyle Lowry on like a two year, forty million dollar? You know, one of those crazy weird short term deals for? Yeah, I probably would. You know, so it depends. I don't necessarily want to give him four for a hundred if I'm the Knicks. Yeah. But, you know, if they can get him at a two plus one or something like that for a higher price, sure. Yeah, I, I'd be all for that. I think he could be a, a good facilitator for, for a lot of the, the young talent in New York. So, yeah, I, I could see him going to a big market. And we know he's got the cachet to, to probably take his card market a little bit higher than even his on-court performance can do. Kind of like we were talking about that Ben Simmons already just has always kept this market kind of yeah. higher than it should be just because he's Ben Simmons. I think Lonzo could do that in the right situation. Yeah, and, and we shouldn't overlook his on-court performance. He wasn't bad this year no, by any good. means. He was pretty and, good for the most part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he improved his three-point percentage, 38% on nearly eight attempts a game. I mean, everything looked good for him from a hobby perspective. Obviously, just just the uncertainty with what's going to happen in, in New Orleans and, and as many good players as there are around him in the league, it's tough for him to maintain a huge market. So uh, another guy from that same class, I think from that same class, John Collins from the 2017 class, uh, is doing big things right now in Atlanta, helping propel them to maybe a conference final or maybe maybe a finals appearance now that uh, Giannis's status is is in question. But he's also a restricted free agency. Not sure what his future is going to be like in Atlanta. Uh, have you seen anything from his performance during the regular season or in the playoffs that leads you to believe that there might be a market for John Collins this offseason as we head into next season? Yeah, Collins has always been a little bit of a sleeper guy in the hobby. I know a lot of people that have liked him, um, try to speculate on him, bought him up. He's interesting to me because he's not—he's he's like a—he's like a real athletic four, which you've seen some of those guys have markets in the past. He's not so he's not necessarily that just stout big man big that you, you're afraid to to invest in. But he's kind of to me just just talking about him as an outlook guy. He has looked good in this playoffs. He gets into a lot of foul trouble, um, but I think he has a long way to go as far as his is. Um, you know, just overall upside is concerned. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on for me in that regard. But I actually think he's kind of on the opposite side of Lonzo to me. Also, I believe a restricted free agent. Am I correct in yeah. that, yep. Cody? And I, I don't see I don't see Atlanta letting him walk now where previously there's been a ton. He's been a trade rumors forever. And mm-hmm. he was somebody that clearly they didn't necessarily think was in his long-term plans next to Trey. Him and Trey had uh, rumors of off-court, uh, you know, power struggle type thing. But now with them with McMillan running this ship and that them running really smooth and him being pretty key to what they they're trying to do offensively, I just see them running this whole thing back next year, matching whatever's going out for him, having everybody back on this team for the most part. So I don't see him going anywhere. Now that doesn't mean he can't still take a leap, but I, I see for the most part a situation staying the same moving forward. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. All right. I do have to indulge you. I hate to do this with you as a Knicks fan. I know that the rumors are going to be going to be circling. CP3, Kawhi, Dame, any of these big names do you do you expect? And I guess CP3 and Kawhi are kind of in their uh, a category of their own with the player options. Do you let's just start with them quick. Do you do you expect either of them to change teams in the offseason? And their markets are already established for the most part. Do you expect any movement with their card markets this offseason? Yeah, so CP3 I think is the guy we have to start with here because his story is not 
being is not finished being written for for this sure. current season, right? We are both under the impression the Suns are going to make the finals. Mm-hmm. It does not seem like Kawhi Leonard is coming back in this series. They are up three two. All the credit to the world for the Clippers for taking game five there after being down three one. Paul George played his ass off. I really give them a lot of credit, but I would be shocked to see them win three straight to take that series. So we expect Chris Paul to make his first finals, right? Um, yeah. And there's a very good chance they're favored in that series, depending on the health of Giannis or whoever makes that that uh, from the East. You know, if Chris Paul wins his first finals, his market is going to see a bump. It's going to see a real, real bump. He's got a nice market right now for who he is. His tops, his tops Chrome stuff. I know it does pretty solid numbers. You can get his top, his tops Chrome PSA 10, I think hits pretty like the four figure range, $1,000 pretty consistently, I think, um, at least over the last, this, this season. So you're going to, you might see that make a, take a bump right now. I would be shocked to see him leave if they win the finals. Mm-hmm. I'd really be shocked to see him leave anyway after what the Suns team has done. But the only place I could actually see him going is the Knicks. If he does go, there's a ton of uh, connections to Wes, Leon. The Knicks obviously have the cap space. He can come in there. He'd be perfect for what they're trying to do to take this team to the next level, kind of like what he just did with the Suns. Um, but I don't see it happening. So either way, to me, Chris Paul's market's about to go up in one way or the other, making his first finals, winning his first finals, potentially very, very, very long shot going somewhere else to a big market in all likelihood. Any of those three things happen. So just take with that information what you will. Chris Mark, Chris Paul's market's probably going up even more right now. So I, I just take with that what you will. If you have Chris Paul um, and you want to sell over the next couple of weeks, it's, it's, that's totally understandable. If you are trying to, if you if you really love Chris Paul and you're worried about not get you know missing the window on his long term legacy, if it hits if it hits numbers that it might never come down from, then you have a buying window now before the final starts. But Chris Paul's market's probably going up. And anything on Kawhi? You think Kawhi's out in LA? No one knows what Kawhi's going to do. If, yeah. if, if anyone ever tells you that they know what Kawhi's doing, then they're lying, right? We have no freaking idea. I've, no, he's he's the most guarded player in the entire league. You you, you won't know until it happens, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. You know, you could tell me that Kawhi decides that he wants to retire next week. You could tell me that he wants to go play in the big three. You could tell me that he's going to call up Balmer and he's saying he go to play for the Knicks. So you could tell me that he's going to sign an extension and be there and, and come out with some sort of like LeBron like statement that he wants to be in LA to the rest of his career. I have no effing idea with Kawhi. Uh, to me, Kawhi has always been a buy because I think he's a little underpriced for who he is historically. He's going to be a yeah. top 30 player of all time and he's won multiple titles. And he, I, I didn't even realize he turned 30 yesterday. Wow. I thought, doesn't Kawhi seem like he's older than that to you? Just I like mean, how he could be 40 and I wouldn't, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Now I think his legs are a lot and his knees are a lot oh, older sure. than 30. Right. Sure. And his injury stuff. So I think he's probably got a 35 year old body and a 30 year old man, but he's only 30. Like, and the way he looked before he went down in the playoffs this year, he looked the best he had in years. Like Kawhi, Kawhi's Kawhi, man. I, I love Kawhi as a buy always. All right. What about Damien? We listened to, I listened to uh, Drew and Mike hash this out on Establish the Run podcast, Establish the Run NBA podcast. It seems like maybe for your Knicks, that's, this is the best possibility of a, a splash free, free agents or trade landing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Dame's sick of being bounced in the first round. He's he's sick of the front office. He isn't a big fan of the Chauncey Billups hiring. Is he going to actually make a move out of Portland this offseason? I think so. I think so. Yeah. And if it's not this offseason, it's going to be trade deadline or next offseason. So I think sometime in the next year he's out, right? Like this is all you could read the tea leaves. Anything first of all, Chris Haynes with Dame, you have to take it seriously. Yeah. It's just that's the way it is. He's he's basically the the Dame and, and the Portland reporter. And, you know, it, that's what, if you read that article, that's what it's all setting up for. He like mm-hmm. dropped the seed about how much he loves these fans, but you know, it's, it's clearly, it's clearly leading to this, to this way. It all depends on where he goes. You know, again, same thing. If, and when he gets traded, you're going to see that immediate bump. So if you hear he's getting traded, you got a quick window to get, get in on that bump. If you yeah. want, you're going to see it. 
especially because he's probably going to dictate the destination with a list of teams or some variety, right? But teams aren't going to trade for him knowing they can't they can't take him long term. So he holds some leverage in that regard. The same way we've seen all of these disgruntled superstars hold that leverage. Uh, you know, the Knicks. If he goes there, it's huge. It's huge for his value going from Portland to New York. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I would love to see it. I don't know if we have what it takes to get the deal done, especially if you read Nick's Twitter. People are unwilling <laughs> to get let go of, of not your boy, R.J. Barrett, 20-year-old guy. <laughs> and honestly, I know this sounds crazy, and, it, it, and I, I hate the prospect hug when you're Say getting it. a top 10, Say it. Top 10 Say player. It. I hate to do it, but I don't know if I do it. So <laughs> I'm, hold on. Just just hear me out. Hear me out, okay? And I know this, this sounds is perfect. freaking crazy, but – just hear me out. He's 20. Okay. Yeah. If David no. comes here at 31 to 32, right. And you sign him to a five year, 200 super max or whatever. Is he, is, is him and Julius Randall and who stay, whoever stays on this roster, or Obi, like, are they, no. are, what are you doing with that roster? You're getting it's, to the second or third round. Maybe yeah, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. So you have, then you have to try, hopefully, and maybe that's the thing, right? You get first superstar and you're, you, then somebody else comes and Julius Randall's your third star. And that's great. And if that happens and th- then, yeah, of course you, you do it. But like, Am I giving up RJ quickly, Mitch Robinson, and four future first round picks for a 32 year old Damian Miller? It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah. And I get, and I, and I know people say that's not even enough if you read it the package. So, like, it, I get, I'm, I'm, I'm coming from an interesting scenario as a Knicks fan here. And it's, and I'm obviously, I'm not being completely objective. I completely understand that. But it's a lot to give up a 20 year old guy that I think you and I both think by the time he's 25 is probably an all star. And that's five years away. So it's like, it's just a lot. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you're with me. I, we, I'm glad we both love RJ, and I don't sound like a, a crazy person on this podcast touting my RJ love. What about what about a team that makes a ton of sense? And I think the established run NBA boys agreed with this. Golden State, they could package Wiseman, the seven, the fourteen, some swaps, maybe Wiggins to make the salaries work yeah. out. Um, it seems like Golden State might be an option. Dame comes home. It's it's kind of the homecoming story. How sick would Dame, Steph? Clay, Draymond. I mean, we talk about wanting these trades if we're buying these guys for maximizing the offseason trade window. We talk about them wanting to fit a few different criteria. I think Dame would do that if he ends up in Golden State. It's a guy that we already like long-term from a long-term perspective. His market is down huge. His market's down 56% over the last three months. So even his base PSA 10 from that 2012 Prism class, $747. So yeah. not all that crazy for that iconic class, right? And pop's not that high, right? Pop's not that high. Eight eighty-seven on the yeah. pop on that two thousand twelve. You have a, a sub thousand pop for a top ten player in the league, and it's an under eight hundred dollar card. Yeah, I mean, that's, crazy. I love that man. So, a we're gonna see that bump if and when he gets traded. B if it's to Golden State, like we 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 may be speculating, they're gonna be an instant title contender. So you see that long term value, or at least that twelve month value until until the playoffs roll around to the next season. And then long term, even longer than that, I, I think Dame's legacy is still intact, uh, regardless of what happens at the oh, yeah. latter part of his career. But I would love to see that. Yeah. Just so, from a basketball perspective. And 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 look, I, I've got a couple, I don't have any Dame right now. Do you, do you, I don't remember. Do you have any Dame? I, do. I, have, I have a bunch of those Dame rookies. So I I have Amazing. unfortunately I actually don't have tens. I have like three PSA nines and two BGS nine point five. So I have five Dame rookies. Which all listen? I still love all those cards. Unfortunately, I think the nine point fives might be able to go to tens if I tried. But either way, uh, so yeah, I do have, and I have a couple other dames. I have short print colors from his second, third year. I have a mojo from like his third year. So I, I love Dame. I got a, I got a good amount. 
And uh, yeah, I've, I, I queued up a few as this was all kind of turning in my head. I queued up a few. Uh, there's no auctions ending now and nothing for buy it now that seemed like it was a good value. So I've got a few auctions queued up that are, that are on my watch list. I want to buy Dame really bad. Yeah. But but do you think Golden State is a realistic option for him? Yeah, I think that that, you know, if and when he officially demands a trade, if it's this offseason and it's before the draft, that will be an offer. I bet you that gets out on the table just because it makes so much sense from a salary perspective, a destination perspective, and an assets perspective for Portland, that where I give Drew Drew credit in, you know, he said in Slack, you know, he, he should send us the trade machine of that 7-14 Wiseman, Wiggins, mm-hmm. uh, you could throw Pascal in there. The, it ends up being you could do three or four, uh, Jordan Poole, you could throw three or four prospects plus the picks, plus the premier prospect in Wiseman, plus the Wiggins salary match. And that's really the reset button for for Portland yeah. at that point. It really is. And you then at that point you probably you flip CJ if you want to do the CJ Ben thing if Philly's interested. You know you could probably say, hey, we just reset our whole stockpile of assets and we're just going to build around Ben Simmons and and like we could try something like that. Like you know these are options that are going to be out there for Portland with Chauncey Billups. So yeah, that's that's a real possibility if that happens. Oh my God, man, that's like that's like what I used to make <laughs> fantasy teams in NBA 2K. Like I, I literally that's something I would have done there. You know Clay, Steph, and. Uh, and Dame on the same team. It would be I fun. Would, I would not be worried about what happens on the defensive end of that team. Not They're going to score 130 points a game, and that's all that that's all that matters, right? They're yeah. going to be the most fun team in the league. I would. Um, I hate Brooklyn, but I would almost want to see a Brooklyn Golden State Finals like immediately. That'd um, be incredible, and, and just and see what could happen there. But yeah, you know, it, there's there's these interesting destinations with Dame. I, who knows? Like, can, can Miami get involved somehow? They have Hero and Bam, like. You know, there's some young pieces there. There's there's going to be teams out there that will probably give up um, more than the Knicks can offer, right? So, I uh, yeah, you know, in, in that sense, so no matter where he goes, I think it'll be an interesting situation for him. It's definitely the biggest name to watch this NBA offseason, no doubt about it, especially with the week free agency class. For sure, for sure. We all, we always talk about the offseason lulls, and this offseason will be a little bit different, at least for some players. We're going to have the Olympics coming up. Uh, I believe it's towards the end of July into August. We can just hit on this quick because we neither of us expect a huge increase in, in any of these players' markets, but there's going to be eyeballs in these guys. And as I mentioned to you off air, uh, the 2016 Olympic final was the 11th most viewed basketball game in the world in 2016. So, like I said, there's going to be eyeballs. You, you would expect it to have at least some impact on their hobby value, whether it be short-term or long-term. But uh, anybody from the USA roster, anybody from any of these international rosters that makes a sense to keep an eye on, as we head into Olympic season. Yeah. So if you're like me and if you're people like us who are just strong NBA fans, or if you're like me and you're diehard NBA fan or, or whatever, just big basketball head, I call us hoops head for life. If you're like that, people forget that this stuff actually ends up getting love and, and people like watching this stuff. And maybe it's because it comes around every four years this year, it's going to be five years because of the Olympics being pushed back. But this always gets hype. It's all that, you know, alongside baseball, it's all that the sports talk shows have to talk about. It has international eyeballs, quite literally. Um, this stuff will have some sort of impact. It might be minimal, but it will have some sort of impact. I think when you're looking at the Team USA roster, you should look at kind of those middle tier guys that mm-hmm. are budding superstars or budding stars that have markets that can, once, you know, they put on a show on the big stage, can take up to another level. I look at someone like Bam Adebayo. Obviously, he's a big man. He's not necessarily a traditional big man uh, as far as kind of just his his um, overall athleticism and versatility. He's kind of like, you know, he he has, um, he he does have a market for a big man. He's someone that I want to see. You know, I think he's he's really primed for international stage. And I think that team, if you look at that roster, could, will really need his input. They, they don't, they're, um, 
lacking on the big men of it all. So, you know, I, I've been buying up some of his stuff a little bit since they've been eliminated. Here's a uh, Donner's Optic, just hollow rated rookie PSA 10 of Bam. He's someone that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he's someone that I want to see perform on the big stage. I think someone like Jason Tatum, if he could be like the Carmelo Anthony of this team, just like the 35 point per game type yeah. scorer from the wing, because you need those big forward wings in the international game as well. He's somebody that can do it. But you and I were talking a little bit off air. I'm more interested in some of these actual international teams. The most one that's definitely the most appealing for this coming Olympics is the Canadian team. They are filled with with young NBA stars. Our favorite guy, RJ Barrett, is on that team. The aforementioned Nikhil Alexander-Walker is on that team. My absolute favorite player in the NBA, next to Nikola Jokic, Luke Dort, is on that team. Um, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, who probably just had his best overall NBA season, is on that team. So they're a team, if they medal, you know, and some of these guys really get a chance to to, to show up on the big stage. All of them, all of them, could, their card market, I think, will be impacted than any of the Team USA guys. Yeah, I'm fully with you. And like we said, we don't expect there to be some crazy 50% spike overnight because these no. guys happen to play in the Olympics. But like I said, generally there's the offseason doldrums and, and focus gets shifted away towards baseball and football. But we're going to see these guys continue to keep their name in the market and maybe we see a slight bump if they if they happen to perform well in the Olympics or we just get more eyeballs on the teams. Exactly. All right, before we get out of here today, a few other things we wanted to touch on. But but first, we wanted to hit NFL. Uh, if you haven't yet listened to Episode 9 that we did with Ryan Reynolds, just to get our thoughts on kind of the top end of the NFL market, guys that we think might be live for the NFL MVP, MVP Award, Comeback Player of the Year Award, Rookie of the Year Award, um, anyone else since we've recorded uh, about two weeks ago that has caught your attention as you're looking to buy ahead of NFL season? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I, I think this is just an awesome time to be looking at the NFL market. I think something that's really interesting is that you could probably really put a lot of parallels to what's happening in preseason fantasy and just overall what you can kind of take a look at might what be might, who might be popular this coming NFL season. So looking at things like average draft position, in fantasy and looking at the, all the amazing content that we're churning out at ETR. If you're not sub, go sub because you don't want to miss out getting on the draft kit. Now it's, it's all great stuff. Um, that will really be indicative of what's going to happen this current, this coming season. I think you and I are both interested in a lot of the skill position wide receivers coming into this year. We started to see wide receivers get a little bit more love in the hobby. Um, I actually just found that I had this. I have a, Jul- a Julio Jones, just tops rookie. It looks perfect to me. <laughs> I, think I, I think it I want to get good. it graded. Yeah, it looks great to me. So, um, you know, guys like this who are kind of getting a little bit of a change of scenery, um, you know, you can, I think what his tops Chrome refractor uh, only has a pop 45. And this is one of the, you know, a future hall of fame wide receiver, one of the top five receivers of the last decade. And that's an $800 card for a pop 45 for his tops Chrome refractor. So there are some buys there to me. Uh, absolutely. Any, anyone that stands out to you? Yeah, well, I've got a list of guys that I'm interested in. And, and Julio, as you mentioned, his top's Chrome Refractor, uh, Pop 45 and a PSA 10. He, if you look at Pro Football uh, Pro Football Reference, they've got their uh, Hall of Fame probability metric. Yeah. And Julio and Larry Fitzgerald have the two highest odds to make the, pro, make, make the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which obviously makes sense. Both of those guys are probably locks at this point um, of among active players. We'll see what Fitz does this this season. But... Um, yeah, certainly guys like Metcalf and Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, all of these guys have really established themselves. And, and, and again, we're not really necessarily looking at these guys as base cards, but their parallels and yep. colored refractors have certainly seen their markets grow over the last couple of years and especially last year. I think as we see the lines between fantasy and sports betting and 
card hobby buying. I think as we see those lines start to blur, we'll see some of these guys that impact fantasy teams the most see a little bit of an increase in value. That's one of one of the things that I believe in. Um, so a guy that I'm really high on and, and the pop, pop count is extremely low. So I'm looking for anything raw, uh, colored refractors, RPAs, anything I can get my hands on at this point in the offseason. Calvin Ridley, mm. obviously with Julio out of town. Um, his prism silver right now has a pop of just six. Obviously, there just haven't been a ton of them graded, um, but it's just $200 right now. So if you can get your hands on anything raw or any of the RPAs or colored refractors from that 2018 um, that 2018 class, yeah, he's he's our wide receiver three from ETR rankings. It seems like he's just going to get peppered with targets this year. I think the fact that he's going to be putting up huge numbers is good for his market. Now, I don't think he's going to be be playing in meaningful games <laughs> come to the end of the season. I'm not sure about uh, Elena's outlook, but Calvin Ridley's a guy that I could see putting up huge numbers that could see a higher spike in his value going into next season. Yep, I love that. And I think with a lot of these guys, you're going to see low pop. We, you know, Stefan Diggs is somebody that I love. He's a Terp. He's one of my favorite receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, only a pop 10 for his silver rookie. So when you see these, and by the way, it's about a $525 card if you can find it. Um, but when you see these low, low pops, I think a strategy here is buying up raw, just buying up as many as you can if that you're comfortable spending. Because listen, not all of them are going to grade, but when you're looking at such low pops, that might be the way to go and then grade them yourself. You can probably have a little bit of a bigger profit margin that way as well, especially when. Tiers open back up for PSA, which we should touch on quickly. We're reaching July 1st. That is the day that Nat Turner and PSA said they were going to open up some tiers. Again, we'll see what ends up happening. I think they might open up the express tier first if and when they do over the next couple of weeks. That should be around the $100 tier. So, you know, hey, some more affordable tiers open up for grading again. That's that's a good thing for the hobby. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with you. Uh, real quick before we move off of NFL, one quarterback that we talked about in episode nine with Ryan, but and we're starting to see the markets move a little bit, actually, for some of these quarterbacks. Some of these quarterbacks, as we start to approach the regular season, are starting to increase in value slightly. Josh Allen's prism base in a PSA 10 that's got to pop a little over a thousand is still only 68, uh, excuse me, $687. It's down 30% over the last three months. So ETR's got him ranked as a QB2, top three odds to win MVP. The Bills still have top three odds to win the Super Bowl. Uh, a guy that I'm really interested in, I'm looking out for auctions that ends right around that $700 range, someone that I'm looking to buy up before the season starts. Yeah, and we, you know, we've talked a lot about how base is probably the thing to avoid right now as far as the buying market is concerned, but there are exceptions to the rule. Specifically, look at pop counts for that. We talked about like the 2012, 2013, 2014 prism for basketball the same thing's going to apply for some of these football guys from 2018 and earlier that might not have been the super hyped rookies off the bat their pop stuff's going to be inherently pushed down and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't see it getting that much higher because if people didn't grade those cards off the bat who knows if they've been stored who knows how many more are out there to increase that pop count yes it will increase by how much of that josh allen that 1030 might go to 1500 by the start of the season as people get orders come back something like that it's still manageable uh and if there's any kind of position in all of sports that you feel comfortable investing in base, it's going to be quarterbacks in football because they are the pinnacle of that sport. And it's in, in that sport being the pinnacle of American sport, they are the pinnacle of American sport. <laughs> Did that make sense? <laughs> it, it wouldn't officially be an established collection show if we didn't pivot away from American sports to a more international sport. Absolutely. Can, can we get an F1 update from our F1 expert, Gary? Hey, 
I woke up Saturday morning with the wife and kids and I watched, it must've been qualifying. I have yeah. no idea what's going on qualifying. in that one, but I watched qualifying really? and I watched an awkward interview with Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton kind of hanging out in the background. It was incredible. I was captivated. My wife was interested. The kids were watching. What's, um, what's the F1 update of the week? So yeah, that was the first time I've actually watched qualifying live as well. And I enjoyed it a lot. It's very interesting. I did not even understand the process of it, but now I do. It's really weird. There's like these three qualifying rounds and then the bottom five of each round of the first two rounds fall out. So then they end up being, basically they'll start um, in spots 20 through 15 if you fall out in the first round. And then you'll start in spots 14 through 10 if you fall or 11 uh, if you start fall out in the second round. And then it's the top 10 that are fighting for position in that last qualifying round. So it's a, it's, it's fascinating. Um, it's great. There was another great race on Sunday morning. Max Verstappen won again. Red Bull and Max Verstappen just seem to be dominating the season for the first time, getting away from Mercedes. There's some interesting things that go into that. They're changing. Uh, I'm not going to get two in the weeds here, but they're changing some <laughs> rules on how the cars are going to be built for next year. So some teams are starting to turn to building their 2022 cars. They fall out of contention for 21. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Mercedes handles all this as they kind of fall further behind Red Bull for the first time in almost, I don't know, seven, eight years. So uh, it's, it's great. Um, I, I still have all my UFC. I mean, my UFC, my F1 cards. Um, I haven't made moves yet on that, but uh, I am getting closer to having some conversation. All right. I have started having some conversations about my purple Lewis Hamilton. Uh, I have some other Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton stuff here. So here's Verstappen. Um, here's an aqua variation. So this is at a 99. This is his variation card. This is what his base looks like. So, you know, standing up for sitting down. Love that and guy. I, I, yeah, go ahead. You mentioned that those are tough grades. So you're going to keep those raw for now, you think, or are you going to uh, try and get those sent into grade? Honestly, I haven't even examined them that, that closely. So okay. if they look if they look good, I will definitely send them in. The first stop in particularly for stop it to me is such a hold because he's still he can get him for such a discount compared to yeah. Lewis Hamilton. So uh, and he's he's the best driver on the on the grid right now. There's no doubt about it. So uh, F1's great. I'm I'm all in. Uh, I can't wait for for next week. We're this Sunday we have the third straight race uh, of of this triple header, meaning there was no weeks in between. They're back in Austria, the same track, basically like a double header in baseball they're at the same track they just played at last week and they just called the grand prix a different name so uh, we'll see if it's the same results for red bull how early do i need to wake up this weekend to watch watch the race it's gonna be the same time since it's in the same okay. country. i think 9 a.m qualifying 9 a.m race i think yeah for right, Saturday. the, the, the yeah. rare occasion where i'll be praying that my kids come into our bedroom at 7 a.m to wake us yeah. up to watch this race exactly no, my fiance, <laughs> no matter, so I, i'm i'm a night owl you and i both record late at night um i stay up very very late into the night so when i can i like to sleep in a little bit um so my my fiance is like i can't get him up to get up for 9 a.m for for anything but there, here i is watching <laughs> racing uh at 8 39 in the morning and uh yeah it's it's funny um last thing with international we'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on the fact that the euros are going on with soccer we know this everyone we know we know yes. a lot of you love football we understand um we're just not gonna lie to you guys cody and i uh it's a blind spot for both of us i don't think either of us are big soccer fans um i just as someone that knows what's going on in the world of sports i keep an ear to some of the storylines and what's going on but i don't know what's going on i can't tell you um who the best teams are i can't tell you the players that are on the pitch uh, i just can't i'm sorry everybody i really can't i, I can tell you what card what card releases are coming out and i can keep a general view on the market but i just don't know as far as i don't feel comfortable talking in depth about what's happening on the the soccer pitch right now all right i'm gonna leave you with 90 seconds lightning round any any hobby news and notes that we missed off the front any product releases give it to me in 90 seconds or less uh, I'll stick to the soccer thing real quick. Uh, two two notes. One, tomorrow they are coming out with the Mosaic UEFA Euro 2021. So if you're really into the Euros, this is the exact product tied to these teams. So mm -hmm. 
hey, that's coming out actually tomorrow, Wednesday, 6.30. Look for that if you're interested in something like that. Sticking on soccer, we've had a bunch of uh, you know, record sales that just happened at the Golden Premium Auction this past week. Uh, Holland is Victor Holland. Uh, I think that's his name. Uh, <laughs> is the, <laughs> we're showing our blind spot. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is the you know no Victor Hovland is a Norwegian golfer. Um, Erling Holland. Erling Holland. Erling Holland. There you go. Right, guys. I you know again. I'm, I, I've just never fine. pretended to be the soccer fan. Uh, Erling Holland is a 20 year old kid uh, from the UK. Um, or I guess he's new. He, he was born in the UK. He's Norwegian nationality. I suck at this, guys. Uh, but he's, you know, he's the the top young name in soccer. I know that much. And his super fractor, meaning one of one rookie tops chrome, uh, was in a nine point five slab, I believe. Uh, autograph went for four hundred forty six thousand dollars at auction at Golden Auction. Uh, I understand this market is insanely hot. Mia Hams, freaking Sports Illustrated for kids, perforated card in a PSA slab went for thirty five grand, and a messy rookie card. Went for three hundred forty-four thousand dollars from two thousand four. So this stuff's hot. I understand that. I wish I could be more of an expert for you. I, unfortunately, I cannot. And shout out to Oak Zoo in our Discord channel, the Establish the Run Collectibles Discord channel. He's got a full sheet that includes the Mia Ham card, not perforated. We've advised him. God, I hope we're not wrong. We've yeah. advised him if he wants to sell to sell that card as a full sheet. We'll see what happens. We'll report back if he ends up selling that that card. But he does have a nineteen ninety two Sports Illustrated for kids. Me a ham sheet, I guess you would call it. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, uh, it has not been perforated yet. But as as we all mentioned in the Discord, trying to give him a little bit of advice, the chances of him perforating that perfectly, getting it sent out to PSA, getting it graded at I guess a nine or a ten. Obviously, you want the ten. Pretty low. Pl- yeah. Pretty low, right? A lot needs to happen there to get that right. Right? Like you need to you need to peel it yeah. perfectly which i remember having those magazines back in the day and i tried to do them very very nicely and you still rip a little bit end up ripping them yeah. and, and and you know you have to be very very careful then and you still have to get it in the card saver and send it out to psa and hope for the nine or ten a lot needs to happen to get it right so we said hey you should probably keep the sheet intact but if you're feeling risky and you're feeling frisky uh you know that card did go for 35k so it's not a bad call shout out to him check us out on the discord that we have the collectibles uh, channel in the discord if you're a sub to etr you have access to that and if you're a sub and you're listening to this and you're not in the discord definitely get in there you can interact with us on all things collectibles we'll definitely uh be in touch with you and and respond to you in that channel yes do that subscribe rate review the podcast we've got this to give away next week at the front of next week's episode to anyone that subscribed rated reviewed the podcast 1999 upper deck retro basketball chasing some autos in there for michael jordan wilt chamberlain bob Cousy, a, a ton of legends so we appreciate you guys for being here we went long once again as we tend to do I don't know if we can keep these things under an hour anymore, but we really appreciate you guys being here. One of these days, I'll shut Gary up and we'll, we'll, we'll be short. Good but, luck. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Good I, luck. I, I know I like to talk, everybody. And, um, you know, it's just another day that Cody and I said we were going to keep this keep this tight. And here we are at one, probably one of our longest episodes. <laughs> so, uh, we love all of you if you're still listening. We really do. If you've made it this far, thank you again for being a listener of the show. We, we honestly, this has been a, uh, a true joy for both Gary and I. So thank you for being here. Thanks for checking out the show. Sub, rate, review, do all those good things. Check us out in Discord. We love to interact with you guys. But, uh, you know, until next week, until we take another hour and 15 minutes of your time next week, uh, for Gary, I'm Cody. See you later. Go McLaren F1 team. <laughs>